What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Cooperators. I am very loud, so I'm going to turn myself down a bit. Welcome to the Cooperators Viewers Couch, and we are doing a very special three-part series. That's right, we are talking Christmas, as you can see from our background. If you didn't know, on the Cooperators Viewers Couch, each and every week we go over a movie, we talk about what we like, what we didn't like, the plot, the everything, really everything about a movie. Um... You can catch us live on Twitch on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. PST for the month of December. And you can also get us on your favorite podcasting app a couple days later. What's your favorite podcasting app? Oh, God damn it, Gabe. Don't do that shit. Uh, that's gross. This stuff's live. Get, get your shit together. Stop eating. <laughs> Gabe, you're on a podcast. Uh, are we allowed to drink eggnog or yes. whatever laid to pool is? No, I, I learned this today. Pool is hen, so it's milk of hen. Like, now I'm imagining, like, a chicken with tits, and they're like, and that's what I'm drinking. Oh, God so, damn, guys. Well, this is a good way, good way to start out the, the stream. Got Gabe eating and, like, showing his food in his mouth. He got Carm talking about chicken boobs. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being obscene. And meanwhile, you got the grocery stores advertising chicken breasts on sale. <laughs> All right, I am Ben, I'm one of your hosts, and I am joined by Gabe in the yellow, which is his signature color for the podcast, and of course we have the Hurricane himself, the baldest man in the business, the most handsome man on this podcast, except for Gabe. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Hurricane McCutcheon. How's it going? Yo. <laughs> I'm still in Ghostbusters. You're still in Ghostbuster mode? Yeah. This week, we are going through what I would call an instant classic from the day it came out. That is right. We are talking The Night Before. That is with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We got some Seth Rogen in here. And then we got the guy who played Falcon, because I can never remember his name. Anthony Mackie. There we go. Got him. And you got three hosts, because we kind of match up to those three. We got we got uh, the guy over here, who's like, oh, you over here? Who's like, been married and shit. And then we got the guy over there, like in the far side. We got him. He's like, taken off in his career but isn't using drugs. And then we got me, the guy who's unemployed, but has a sexy girlfriend. That's right. That's how I define us. Got the no job guy. We got the used to be married guy. And then we got the guy who's got a really sweet career. I don't think any of those really map to us at all. You don't think so? No. I don't know. I'm out well, of a job. How would, you, how would you map it, Gabe, if you were to map it? <laughs> Yeah, how do you map the three of them to the three of us? I'm Michael Shannon. <laughs> That's it. That's the only one you're. That's You've never you're said to me, I'm proud of you for still doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that. I've said it many times. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at my finger. Look at my finger. You gotta give me 100 bucks to get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, this is going to be a little bit different than the regular reviewer couches that we've done before, as we are doing three random movies that have nothing to do with each other other than they are set around Christmas time. Uh, we are still going to do the plot. We are not going to be rating them, I don't think, other than if they're good or not, and if they're worth watching, if they're worth taking your Christmas time to do. Um, but we are going to have some some jokes, some of the of the of what they said, jokeses. And we're going to have some good times, and we're going to talk about this funny-ass movie. 
All right. Well, before we get into our thoughts, as always with the reviewer's couch these days, we are starting with that two-minute plot. Carmen? Oh, okay. I got a, uh, I just want to get yeah, two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock? Yeah. Thanks. We got... Uh, everything's different on this phone. All right, timer. Two minutes. It's not five minutes. Two minutes. That's two hours. All right, two-hour plot summary. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, that's not, the movie's not even that long. <laughs> we got to make some like, shit up. Talk of, like, just, like, go through the movie really slowly. <laughs> really slowly. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, we got two minutes on the clock. I'm going to catch you down okay. here. Three, two, one, plot. Okay, we open on uh, Tracy Jordan, I, or I mean Morgan, narrating about uh, Ethan, a man named Ethan, who's a young man around, like, 19 or 20 years old. And his parents tragically die close to Christmas time. Uh, shortly after that, uh, on Christmas Eve, his friends Isaac and Chris, played by uh, Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie, respectively, they come over to his place and they say, "Oh, do you want to like hang out and stuff?" So they end up going out drinking, and it becomes a tradition every year because this guy's now an orphan. So then they all party like crazy and stuff. They find out about this like other party that's going on called the Nutcracker Ball uh, that they really want to go to, but they never manage to. Anyway, years later. Uh, Seth Rogen's character is like sort of family. Anthony Mackie's character is, uh, you know, doing really well in, in football, in his football career. And um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't really doing too much with his life. Uh, recently broke up with a girlfriend and kind of working odd jobs or whatever. Then he finds tickets in a pocket on a, in a coat check that he's working to this party. So then the whole movie is just about like them like going out in their crazy Christmas night, but also like, you know, focusing on this party. And they uh, encounter various characters like Michael Shannon, who's their old drug dealer from high school, and he's very weird and off-putting and stuff. So then, like, they have to like get weed from him for like um, one of the football players that uh, the Anthony Mackie's character Chris wants to impress. Uh, there's other parts where they bump into uh, some coworkers of uh, Seth Rogen's wife or, or Isaac's wife at the um, at the bar. He ends up like getting a, a, oh yeah, this is important too. He gets a, a box of drugs from his wife, who's very pregnant she's like wants him to party and so he ends up like doing all the various types of drugs throughout the night and he's like all, tripping all night it's hilarious anyway they eventually get to the party and um ethan's ex is also there uh he kind of proposed to her messes things up but then eventually he reconciles with her the next day and ends up at her house for christmas and everyone's happy at the end Yeah, the middle is just like, you know, shenanigans. It's not really important to the plot. I guess there's part... There's, a, I guess I could have mentioned stuff about, like, they get mad at each other and call each other on their bullshit, and then they reconcile at the end as well. Yeah, for It's sure. not just... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of shit that goes on in this movie. All hilarious, random-ass characters. I think one of my favorite characters is the, uh, the girl who steals from them over and over again. Yeah. God, she's such a good character. Like, it's exactly what you want from this kind of movie. Just, like, this random character who, like, pops in and out and, like, just screws with them <laughs> over and over again. Um, yeah, very, very, very funny movie. Um, let's get some initial thoughts from, uh, let's start with, a uh, Gabery over here. Um, yeah, I feel like the movie is not very subtle in terms of, like, how it's witty or even, like, reinventing the wheel. Um, but it, at the the heart of the film is just like a film about friends trying to get into an exclusive Christmas party 
and you kind of join them for the ride. You have a really good time with that because you know it's like their last hurrah. And I feel like, is it like, yeah, is it like an ultimately endearing film like some of the other films that uh, Goldberg and I forget what his partner is, his partner's name. There's Goldberg and the producing team. Goldberg, Rogan, and I always forget the other one. I don't know those guys. Yeah, I don't know them either. Uh, They've got uh, uh, Jonathan Levine's the director. Uh, Evan Goldberg. I guess it is just Seth Rogen. Anyways, um, I feel like the other, the most of the films that they do, they have like this moment where like it's hilarious, and then at the very end, it's like a really touching moment. Like I think of Fifty Fifty or The Interview. Um, I don't think this film's better than those ones, but I also think if you're just looking for something that's just like not too deep, just kind of like we're just going to go in for the gags, it's pretty good. Uh, it's not to say that it doesn't try. Like, I think Carmen brought it up really good in the recap. Like, each of the main characters is dealing with a critical issue in their life right now at this point. Um, yeah, and I think things come to a head because it's their last hurrah. Mm-hmm. But is it? Yes. At the end of the film, we realize it's not at all. Well, kind like, of They're going to do it again. So I thought um, it was kind of their last hurrah. Which I think... Yeah, maybe that would have been more of like the pivotal moment if they realized, oh shit, this is our last Christmas together. Period. But I don't know. Well, they they don't go and do the crazy party thing next year. Yeah, like no. they just have like normal Christmas stuff. I guess that's what I'm saying though. That would maybe that would have made the film more impactful. Than it was like that's the stakes that are risen. Is like mm-hmm. that's this is their last Christmas together. Period. Because they are moving on with their lives. They're not going to be together anymore. Yeah. Um, I think. It could have been a very interesting one. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Got good moments. Uh, Michael Shannon's character is really cool. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting movie. And I think a uh, scene-stealing moment is Seth Rogen receiving unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is like a very good point. Like when he's having the inner dialogue on the phone at yep. his house or what? Yeah. The entire, the entire scene of him receiving the dick pics at, his, at Anthony Mackie's mom's house. Yeah, I think yeah. it's one of those moments where it's like, it's it's classic Rogan Goldberg humor of like it's really it's not subtle, and it's very clear of what he's trying to do. It's again not reinventing the wheel. It's just it's funny. We get it. We know why it's funny. The juxtaposition of like, oh well, what if it was a guy who was getting these unsolicited pics? What does that look like? And so, I, I just thought it was really good. Technically, it wasn't a guy getting the unsolicited dick pics though. He, he they were sending it to. Uh... Uh, Mindy's character. Yes, but Seth Rogen didn't want that. No, but it wasn't his phone. So technically they were sent to someone else, but he was just checking someone else's phone. Right. Either way, right. hilarious. I love the part where he's like, it's like, oh, you want this dick? He's like, yeah, who wouldn't want a dick like that? I mean, he's a grower and a shower. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. And then later we pretty, find pretty out it's James Franco. Yeah. <laughs> Playing himself, too. Like, Playing himself, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, which is also kind of like art imitating life a little bit, but that's another thing for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's a very it's a very uh, silly movie to follow these, oh, for sure. these characters. Yeah, I think it did everything that a Christmas movie kind of needed to for like I would say young adult stoner kid kind of or like party kid kind of movie, uh, almost kind of like uh, Neighbors, Neighbors Two, like that kind of 
even like Pineapple Express, like those kind of movies. Um, you mentioned the interview that you thought it was better than this. I would definitely say that the interview is not as great as this for many reasons. Um, maybe that's like a discussion for another time, but yeah, I mm. think that this just did a lot more of like the, oh, it's hard to explain. I think it just did more for me than the interview did. I think that the interview had its moments, but the moments were kind of few and far between in that movie. Uh, there's also a reason why it went straight to video instead of going through like the theaters for any very big portion of time. But yeah, um, I think overall, like this is just such a good like friend movie. Like it's exactly what you'd think, right? As you're growing older, you're growing apart. Uh, maybe your tradition starts to die out as like a friend group. Um, but you always have that one friend who kind of just wants to keep it hyped up uh, no matter what. Obviously, in our group, that's Carmen. No matter what, got to keep that party going. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see like them as adults, right? Because usually when you see like Seth Rogen, he is like not the adult character. He's kind of that childish character. But in this one, he's like he is like the responsible one, or he's trying to be, until his wife gives him a a bunch of drugs in the worst quantities ever. Um. But yeah, no, I just, it's such an entertaining ride. I love watching this every Christmas. And it's exactly like kind of what I would want Christmas to be. Like, maybe a week before Christmas. So you just hang out with your friends and you're doing random crap like around the city. Uh, and like, because you've done it so many times, like it's very second nature. Like when they do the karaoke, they have like their dance routine all together. Or they do the uh, the piano scene, which is great. Like those are the kind of things that like, growing up if you grew up like in this kind of environment with like friends that were that close and stuff like that's exactly the kind of stuff you'd have together right so yeah, i thought it was pretty fun that way and again there's just so many hilarious moments in there you got the the girl who keeps stealing their weed um you get to that sweet ass party man i want to go to a party like this like i know he starts out this movie by stealing <laughs> these party tickets <laughs> like not even like apologetically he just steals them in pieces out of his job um, I was—I like, think yeah. I was half expecting that to come back the first time I saw the movie for like some sort of like moral recourse to come in and get them later on. But then nothing happened, and also like it's like, how did you get these tickets? And he's like, oh, I stole them. And they're all like, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and then that's it. It's like uh, it's just like a plot device. And it's like part you guys are adults. Like this is not a good action to take. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the joke. Yeah. It's like, this is the shit they do, and they're all just like, meh. <laughs> I mean, technically, they all break the laws, like, some way. I mean, you got you got Drugs McGee over here with, like, so many mushrooms. He takes so many mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, jeez. He's got to even out the cocaine. got to even out that cocaine. I just, I, I just, he, I, he ate so many caps. I just, I, I, ate, oh, I ate a lot of caps. <laughs> so good. Um... And the other guy's like, you know, he's juicing, which is technically, like, illegal. Um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting to see, like, the sub-dynamics, too, right? Like, you see him trying to, like, figure out if he wants to be a father and, like, him having that, like, moral dilemma uh, that's coming out of all this. And then you got the other guy who's, like, has his moral dilemma as well, right? He has the... His career is only taking off because he is cheating, right? He's doing drugs. He's doing... Um, 
steroids in order to get his football career off the ground. And this night kind of everything that happens like helps him realize that he doesn't need to do that. And he needs to like come clean about it all. And sure, he'll probably lose his career, but at the same time, it's the best thing to do. So you still have like kind of those moral like switches in some people. And you can see that, you know, Seth Rogen's character was keeping it together, trying to be a father, but at the same time, he's freaking the hell out, which I think is interesting to see. Like, usually that's not really shown as much. Uh, Usually, like, when parents are going into parenthood in movies and TV shows, like, they are pretty prepared and they're happy about it. And he seems all happy at the beginning, and then he freaks the hell out in talking about Oh, you know, just the freak out like what, video he does. What shows would you reference to say that, like, parents are usually prepared for it? Shows that don't revolve around them not being prepared. So, obviously not, uh, there are a couple that, like, get thrust into it, like, but he's, like, prepared in a way that they know what's coming, they've read all the books, they've done all, everything, like, dotted every I and T. Um, but I would say ones with kids, I mean, you got, like, how I Met Your Mother, they dealt with it really well with Marshall and Lily. Uh, they freak out about it in that. Not as much, though. Not for the first kid. Well, yeah, there's, like, a lot of moments, like, before, like, when they were thinking about having kids as well. They're like, yeah. oh, I don't know if we're ready for this and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, like, once they're, like, kind of, they, like, are about to have the kid, like, they've already decided on it. I think the freak out comes, like, when they're still deciding if they're ready to have children at all. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I mean, so. there's obviously some shows that, like, the entire plot device is that they weren't ready. Uh, but ones that, like, yeah. have, a, like, a re- like a sound relationship where they're like, yeah, we're going to have kids. They, like, don't freak out as much. Maybe it's just, like, I them think, kind of shows. I think a lot of rom- rom-coms tend to do that. They'll throw in the element of the child that they're that the couple isn't expecting. Like, um, well, there's that one with Katherine Heigl and Josh Duhamel where they play godparents and they don't expect oh, to yeah, be yeah, parents. Yeah. And they're living in the house. And then the other one is the instant family one. Yeah. Or the with uh, Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and uh, Rose Byrne. And that's one where they expect to just adopt one kid. They end up getting a whole family of kids, like brother and sister team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a, it is a trope of just like um, a moment where any adult that's transitioning into parenthood that thinks they're ready, but they're not ready. And I think for, I think what Ben maybe I'm mistaking what you're saying. It's kind of the issue that I saw with um, Seth Rogen's character, whose name... Isaac. What, as Isaac? Yeah. Is Isaac? Yeah. yeah. Isaac is basically, he's been rock solid this whole time, but the moment he does drugs, his facade comes off, it drops, and he's now like, I am not a rock at all. I'm actually, I've been, I've been freaking out this whole time, and I'm not prepared. My mm-hmm. daughter's gonna be a stripper, maybe. Oh my god, that's uh, such a good. Don't scene. know what's gonna happen. And he has that whole meltdown in the uh, in the church. And oh my I god, think that's yeah. his problem. And, and we kind of already talked about um, <laughs> the one love guy, uh, Anthony Mackie's character, about him being essentially a cheat, right? And so there's like a facade for him. Yeah. And then. I think Ethan's facade, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's facade, is is essentially he's stunted, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's actually to me, that was the one of the things in this film that I thought was really well done, um, in terms of like not it, it wasn't subtle, but there was a bit of nuanced subtlety in it. In that he was stunted in his life from his parents' death to the point where he didn't want to meet 
his girlfriend Diana's parents and just broke up with her just because. And I, I think his arc is quite interesting too, because like he really goes through quite the journey. I don't know if you noticed that either Carmen, but, uh, or if that you agree, but that's kind of where I was coming from with it. What, like what about his journey was so interesting to you? I think it just was subtle. Like, whereas like we know the big ones with the other two, like mm -hmm. we know, Oh, your problem is, is you're cheating and you're kind of, you're trying to be in this culture of acceptance when really you're the one, you're just trying to stay relevant in it because you're worried about the fallout of what that looks like. Isaac's is rock solid, but he's not rock solid. He's freaking out because he's going to be a new parent. And Ethan's is kind of like, well, what is his problem? His problem is, is he's not going anywhere in life, but it's not because societally he's not going anywhere. It's emotionally he's not going anywhere in life. He's He's stunted emotionally in that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just like I mean, work wise too, right? He has that. What's it? He calls an experience. Like his music is an experience. I mean, that I think that was just a joke for like yeah. you know anyone who's known a musician before, <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's like you won't get it, like you know. <laughs> is that what you say to people when they ask that? <laughs> yeah, music? Totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just won't get hey, it. Garmin, like... got any more new songs? <laughs> ah, it's too cerebral. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with that, though. I think that his journey kind of just works itself out. Like, he doesn't really grow at all. Like, he grows at the very, very end when he's like, yeah, like, I'll meet her parents. And, like, sure, I was, like, being stunted and whatever. But he doesn't really grow that much through, like, all the experience of the night. He, like, kind of grows in the, yes, I need to, like, let go of the past and, like, kind of move forward uh, with, like, his friends and all that kind of stuff. But... I feel like the stuff with the, the girl kind of just resolved itself by him coming over and being like, I'll meet your parents. After she was like, you're kind of a dick. And you proposed to me in front of a whole bunch of people and made me really uncomfortable. And like, I guess I just didn't see why she got back together with him in the end of it. Because he didn't actually grow as like a person. He didn't really change that much other than wanting to meet her parents. And like, I don't know. It just seemed like this very convenient way of doing it and i don't know if a relationship would really move that way after like all this crap that went on for like so long and just like this one moment where like oh well i'll do that one thing it's like well is that really going to change things are they going to change as a person you just proposed to me last night in front of miley cyrus like i don't i don't know i just it just seemed a little bit too fast and too convenient that it just kind of worked out and I know that they do kind of talk about how she was asking about him and like she still kind of like she still seemed to have feelings for him. But at the same time, it just seemed kind of convenient overall. Yeah. Yeah. I was really I, I for me, I bought it because I bought Ethan's arc because I thought the one other strong suit about this film was the um, closing sequences with the flashbacks, I think was really strong. And I, I would say that to me showed his growth and his realization through Michael Shannon's assistance and guidance as their helper. Um, I think those flashbacks solidified the growth for Ethan and the other two. I think the other two are easier to kind of have that emotional closure, whereas with Ethan, it's, it is difficult because, like you said, Bennett, he really doesn't change that much. Like, we don't know what he's going to do with his life in the next step. And for me, my issue with Ethan wasn't like, he doesn't have a good job that makes him like a failure. It was more 
emotionally he's going nowhere he's got like nothing to be excited about for the next day mm-hmm. and that was a difficult thing for me but yeah I, I i bought it because of those especially the last uh flashback sequence where ethan realizes what the most important thing is and then you cut out of the flashback to them being to isaac and uh, anthony mackie's character being like we'll fight you all we'll get back in there we're not leaving him <laughs> got tonight. your nose rudolph got your nose yeah yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. I did really like that part, and also, well, the, the the dynamics between the three guys are really good through the entire thing. Like they, Very they, good. they have really good um, uh, energy together, and they they work off each other really well. And you can definitely believe that like they have been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. which is really fun. And I mean, you know, uh, Anthony Mackie has this charisma to him that is, yeah. is undeniable through the entire film. Oh, yeah. And the other guys are just kind of like there along, it, you know, granted, because he's like this big shot. But then, you know, when he gets mad, like, you know, I, I feel like um, Isaac is kind of just like the just trying to, like, you know, keep things status quo and like not try to offend everybody, just like keep things going. And then like Anthony Mackie is like the one or Chris is like the one who's calling bullshit. And uh, Ethan is equally willing to call bullshit as soon mm-hmm. as he's attacked. So it's like, you know. And uh, Chris will be like, oh, like, you, you fucked up. And he's like, oh, you fucked up. And, uh, you know, despite all that stuff and, like, you know, Isaac's trying to keep it together. He's just like, oh, whatever, you know. The, you know, they they get off the subway. They get to the party. And, you know, the um, Chris takes off his sweater, which is, you know, a symbolic <sighs> moment of, yeah. uh, you know, the friendship, yeah. right? Like, it's a physical uh, symbolism of the friendship. And, and um, uh, Ev- or Ethan holds on to it. And then gives it to him, and then he's like, you know, he doesn't put it back on, but he ties it around his waist, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. okay, like, you know, I'll still wear this because, like, I'm still your friend, but, like, you know, he's still mad, yeah. right? But he's still yeah. wearing it. So it's like, it's that little, little acknowledgement, and then when they get to the party, they kind of go do their own thing, but he's still wearing the sweater as well. And then yeah. at the party, like, you know, they're all mad at each other, and, you know, they've kind of got on each other's nerves, but then ultimately there's that moment at the end when he's, like, fighting for him to, mm-hmm. like... You know, or the, you know, the two friends are like, oh, we're not leaving without our friend. And, like, that's the moment where he's like, oh, like, you know, these guys will always be here. And, yeah, exactly, Gabe. Like, that, it, was a, it was a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but also, uh, adding on to that, Carmen, I think, I, I think it shows how good of a performer Anthony Mackie is. Because Rogan and George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt have worked together before. And they've worked together before and are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And so for the three of them to have this natural chemistry of all three being tight, it takes a lot for Anthony Mackie to jump into that world and that universe of uh, Goldberg and Rogan's uh, to create that type of humor. And I think he does it super well. And I think oh, yeah. their dynamic is really good. So it's like a credit to the casting, but also credit to him, too. He's just a really good actor. He is. Um, well, I mean, he's going to be the next uh, Captain America, guys. So uh, he better be a good actor. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, there's there's definitely things in this movie that I love. There's some that I wasn't crazy about. Like, I, I thought the random fight with the Santa Clauses was a little bit off. Like, I get why it happened, but I wasn't really crazy about that scene altogether. I thought parts of it were definitely funny, but, like, I don't get why he lashed out so much. Like, I get, like, being upset at your friend and stuff, but lashing out so much that you like you pick a fight with two dudes seems like a bit of a stretch because he doesn't actually seem drunk at this point he kind of just seems like he's mad so i mean maybe maybe people do that 
maybe people get mad and lash out at random people. But it just seemed like a weird scene to put in there, other than the fact that, like, his friends left him and he got into a fight and they weren't there. So he blames them instead of himself, kind of thing. I, don't know if you've I thought it was... I, I appreciated the scene. Like, I mean, they never really show people being super drunk in movies. Like, they never show them, like, slurring their words or anything like that. And usually, mm -hmm. like, they just kind of act, play it straight, even if mm -hmm. they've been partying all night. And so, like, I kind of have gotten over that sort of uh, beer goggle or anti-beer goggle vision that these movies give where it's like if you have like somebody who's been partying all night they're gonna act like just normally they're gonna be like oh yeah okay totally you know mm -hmm. they're not gonna be like oh by the way i'm super drunk right now you know like that d barely ever happens in films just because it, it's difficult to understand people right yeah i think that's yeah. what it is but yeah. you know I, I did appreciate like you know he needs he needed to get to like a low point in the movie and so that was again like you know hollywood putting him in that position so that then he has a reason to be mad at them and mm -hmm. it's like oh if he, if his friends were there for him then he wouldn't have got beat up and you know that and they the, you know the santa claus are saying like oh this guy doesn't even have any friends on christmas you know like i think that is like the the thing that he like was really hurt him like it wasn't mm -hmm. even the punch and it's like oh yeah. we've got friends you know yeah. <laughs> that's true but yeah i i, I don't know i guess i just found it like came out of nowhere because he doesn't seem like that kind of like confrontational person from the beginning uh, I guess because he does seem, like, more muted as a person because of the emotional stuntness that Gabe already talked about. Um, but, yeah, no, I get that, too. I think that, I mean, it, I think it's a scene that definitely needed to be there, but I think it just kind of took me by surprise, at least the first time I yeah. watched it. I was like, why is this happening? Like, this kind of thing that I could see, like, maybe... No, I don't really see any of them getting to a fight, but... I... <laughs> Except for when, oh my god, this, the second fight that happens in the movie I found was hilarious when he, oh my god, when he stabbed oh, the football player that they called the Messiah in the hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, they're doing it again! And I was just like, oh jeez. Oh. That's some low-hanging fruit right there. Like, for comedy-wise, that's some low-hanging fruit. But it was hilarious. I thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty smart. I mean, like... You know, they, they, they go through the movie calling him the Messiah and all that, and, like, they're cracking jokes about it. And then it's, like, there's a scene earlier at the church when it's, like, oh, yeah, and he's, like, really paranoid. He's, like, oh, like, the Jews didn't crucify Jesus, you know? And then, like, you know, that's kind of – I, I think a lot of the stuff is just, like, you think it's, like, a one-off, and it's, like, oh, yeah, that's just a thing. And then, like, calling the guy the Messiah and, like, you know, Michael Shannon being, like, oh, that's blasphemous, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a one-off. And then, like, it actually happens like that, and it's, like, <laughs> two jokes combined into one. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how he turned out to be an angel at the end? Yeah. Like, that was random as hell. Like. All makes sense. I was into it. I was, <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I was totally into it, but I was like, wait a minute. This movie seems very, like, together for the most of it. And then you put that in at the very end. Like, that's super random. I thought it was great. Yeah. Also, why did it take him so long to get his wings if he, like, knew these people since they were, like, teenagers? Like, is he that bad of an angel that it took him, like, you know, probably, like, upwards of 20 years to get his wings? It's not something you're supposed to read into too heavily. It's just a funny, dumb thing that happens. But we're like, a podcast yeah, where we're think, supposed to read into that shit. But I think, I feel like that's just it, right? Like, this film is so loosely adapted into It's a Wonderful Life, mm -hmm. in a way. Um, or even, like, A Christmas Carol. 
that it kind of embodies that Christmas spirit of once family is highlighted and, and they have ascended to another level of evolution, in some ways we would say like heavenly, uh, he gets his wings. So, you know, there's a little bit of, little bit of angel magic happening yeah. here. Um, I was just going to say something that I found really interesting is that if you go into it, you could see that like a lot of the funny edits that are in this film later on play out in other films that you would like as well, like Thor Ragnarok, Neighbors 2. Uh, and though I wouldn't say is like a great film, Men in Black International mm. has its moments. And uh, that's because it's all done by the same editor. That's so. good as the third one. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just really interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like, yeah, not subtle of a film. Uh, gags are pretty, like, you know, you get you get what you come for. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty good Christmas movie that, like, highlights, you know, this last hurrah of these friends. And uh, I think it does a good job of that. Yeah. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's exactly what it needs to be. It, it doesn't... Mm. Like, I think that it doesn't take itself super seriously, which is great no. to see in some movies. And, like, like I said, I put it on, like, a level with maybe just above, like, Pineapple Express or The Interview or... Oh, I'm trying to think of other movies that kind of relate to this. Maybe Talladega Nights. I put it, like, one step above that. Yeah. But definitely yeah. below, like, Step Brothers or the other guys. So, like, in the comedy spectrum, it's kind of, like, middle-ish, I would say. At least for this kind of film. Right. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. I think, like I said, like, I love this movie. I think that I watch it every year. I remember last year we watched it after, like, a night out like this. Maybe not with all the drugs and the angels, but, <laughs> but like, a big night out, like, the three of us. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I just was, think it's such it a It was going to be tradition. It was going to be a tradition until we got hit with the COVID. But next year, we will continue it. Right. Mm. Gabe might say no now, but he will say no yes next year. Nutcracker. <laughs> the Nutcracker no. Ball. You I think really? that like I mean this movie is it's a lot of fun. It's got a really good vibe to it. Like it, it looks really good. I mean, you know, obviously there's huge budget that was put into it. And I mean, you know, you could tell based on the type of people, the cameos they have in it. It's got a bunch of really good cameos. Like Gabe already mentioned, James Franco shows up in it. Uh, I mean, like Mindy Kaling is in it. She's really good. Uh, Jillian Bell is um, uh, Seth Rogen's wife is super funny as well. And then you've and, also got like yeah. um, Miley Cyrus, of course. Lizzie um, Kaplan too. And the two oh, Santas. Oh yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't so, remember I mean, their like, actors' names, but uh, the two Santas were hilarious, and they're in like. Oh yeah, ton Jason Manzukas and uh, yeah, the, who the other guy whose name escapes me. He is uh, Jason. Jason, I should have it here. It's he's isn't he married Jason Jones. to Jason Jones? He's married to yeah. Samantha B. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and also, uh, and my personal favorite, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Santa. <laughs> like, all right, so good. Like him, him as the narrator at the beginning was already funny, and then at the end he shows up as Santa. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Just, also, like, so much fun. The elf face. You know what? The only thing I could think of when he was doing the elf face. Triangle face. Triangle face. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I thought of <laughs> triangle face. So I was like, "Oh, if that's like if that's what they were going for, that was a great call to another movie. Like, <laughs> that was just so perfect." But it was it was so creepy. Never do triangle yeah. face. It scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Randall Park. Yeah. While mm -hmm. we're uh, putting names out there, as uh, hilarious people. 
Yeah. Uh, so the uh, budget actually, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. It had like a, a between a 25 and 33 million dollar budget. It didn't do great yeah, at the I mean, box office though. Yeah, no, it was, park and stuff. And it, was pretty, it was pretty panned. I was looking at the reviews of it um, on Friday, and it just got destroyed. Like, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like, for example, 50-50 was rated better. And um, the one that we always quote sometimes, occasionally, Danny McBride's in it, um, This is the End, um, did better, too. Yeah. Uh, critically, I don't know box office wise if it did better, but critically, those two films did monumentally better. Which than, is weird. Uh, I would definitely say this is better than This Is the End. I found that that movie, again, very lackluster in a lot of ways. Uh, maybe it just wasn't made for me, but I, I love parts of it. But for the most part, I was like, all right, well, this is a movie. This is a thing that's happening. I, but I think the thing about the Rogan Goldberg universe that works well in their formula for films that I appreciate. And I think most, I think generationally, I think, I, I guess I could say for me, because cause I watch a lot of movies is how well they incorporate, um, homages and, and satire to previous films. Like we talked about, right? Like, um, this is a wonderful life, Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. but even, Big, the movie Big, like the opening sequence with the piano is is like an homage to the movie Big, um, and then they they twist it because then they they do Kanye's Runaway song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what other movie homages are in this film. Um, you could maybe reference the Grinch as well, yeah. since Chris yeah. talks that the woman is the Grinch, you know, and I think yeah. she's actually her character name is Miss Grinch. Oh really? Or, oh. Yeah, Rebecca yeah. Grinch is what her name is credited as. Like I know yeah. that, uh, yeah, she does call herself a Grinch. I, uh, yeah, she uh, such a good character in this, so random but so good. Um, oh, also, so uh, with the box office, so in the first weekend it grossed nine point nine million, which is below expectations, but it was behind. It had to contend with Mockingjay Part Two, Spectre, and the Peanuts movie, so that's a pretty hard lineup to go against as well for this kind of movie. Uh, also. I did not know this. Mockingjay in its first weekend made $102 million. And for such a crappy movie, I don't know how it made that much money. Hot people killing each other. But it, the last one doesn't have hot people killing each other. It has, like, weird stuff where her, like, sister gets murdered and stuff. Like, it's not a good movie. It's not a good book. Uh, it's uh, already, but that's, that's for a different... Characters. It's for know. a different podcast. Maybe one day I'll talk about... Uh, those those books and we'll, we'll talk about those movies one day so Carmen can just talk about hot people killing each other also I mean, why are they hot they're because they're kids <laughs> 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 no they're 20 year olds or 20 they are, year olds they're 20 something playing children Play. like in every high school movie except I don't think they're supposed to be children in the book either like they're yeah they're like late teenagers why well, yeah. I mean I'm I not what like you classify as children 18 19. <laughs> I think that's sure dangerous, being like, oh, they're not children, they're teenagers. <laughs> they're 18, hmm. 19, okay. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be, like, high school kids. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. Okay, I'll be honest, I have not read those books since, like, the first one came out, and I was like, this is a great ending to a book series, and then I got told that there's two more books, and I was like, oh, way to ruin think, a perfect I think, ending. I can't remember how, I can't remember how old they're supposed to be, but I do know that they do die, some of them die, some of them don't die. Yeah, I know her sister dies, and her sister's like 10, which is kind of uh, sad. Spoilers. 
Okay, it's been out for how many years? <laughs> Get over yourself. The uh, statute of limitation on spoilers is gone. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that it definitely was overlooked. And based on like the ratings, it had like an average of a six on Rotten Tomato from both uh, viewership as well as like actual raters, which I think is kind of... I don't think that's really fair. I think that... I would definitely put this as like a seven, seven point five range. I don't know if I would go as high as eight, but I still think it's a pretty good movie. Listen, it's no Hubie Halloween. <laughs> That's true. I, oh, it's a lot better. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll, I'll stick to the topic of this podcast. I, I think that this movie isn't like phenomenal or anything like that. Like it doesn't break new ground or whatever, but it's super fun and I would definitely re rewatch it. Mm -hmm. And I can't say, I think that I'd probably like rate some movies like higher in terms of like the quality and all that, but I wouldn't necessarily rewatch it all the time. Whereas night before, I feel like I, I could watch it every year with you guys mm -hmm. and it would still be fun each time. Yeah, that's true. I would watch both of them. You'd yeah, watch Hubie Halloween every year? I would watch Hubie Halloween every year. Okay. okay. Bring something to the table each year. Nope. I, I think I, I think I'm good with the one watch because it got rid of like all the suspense at the end is gone now. Maybe if they did a supercut with just uh, Kevin James. <laughs> with that with that sick hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, you might as well just watch any other Kevin James movie. No, I know thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Kevin James. I, just, I haven't seen any of the other movies. You didn't uh, like The Zookeeper? The Zookeeper? I didn't see it. Uh, what, like the other one with uh, Adam Sandler? Uh, the one where like they're firemen and they get married so he can keep his benefits. And now pronounce you Chuck and Dale. Or Chuck, Chuck and Dale, there you go. That one wasn't too bad. That was another good one with uh, Kevin James and Adam Sandler in the same movie. That movie's got a lot of issues. Yeah, I get how uh, Adam Sandler <laughs> got another, silly women, but you know. <laughs> That's, that's for another time. Another so time. we're going to do that as another one-off, guys? <laughs> or we're just going to do Kevin uh, Jane movies? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. And, I've uh, seen that one. Uh, what's Brad. that fighting? Here Comes the Boom. Uh, that's the only I one. I, I actually saw that one on, on the plane. Wait, was he in Grown Ups? Yeah, and Grown Ups too. Oh, dang. So that's another. We should just do Kevin James plus Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> I'd say we just do the whole Adam Sandler universe. Oh, we God, no. 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 Maybe. Big we'll Daddy. See. We'll see. I think there's other series that we should probably want to do before that, but maybe if we d guess, decide we want to do, like, just a weird-ass <laughs> nothing kind of series that we could do that. But maybe we should get back to the uh, movie at hand. Um, I think I kind of said everything I want to about this movie. I would definitely suggest people watch it because we aren't doing ratings. I would just say this is definitely a watch from me. Um, yeah. I'm assuming from the other guys too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think so, I think watch it, watch it just for the Miley Cyrus cameo. Yeah, that's pretty good too. The wrecking ball scene that was pretty, 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 pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, have you guys heard the new Miley Cyrus songs? They're kind of bangers. I definitely suggest uh, giving them a listen. She uh, really stepped it up after her not-so-great phase. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I think that will do it for us today. Uh, because, like I said, we aren't going to be doing ratings. There's no villains or anything like to talk about. Since we're doing it, just doing random ones. Uh, 
I think that is where we're going to finish up. Uh, I think next week we're doing Muppets Christmas Carol, if I'm not mistaken. Well, let's end I'm with not, that one. Oh, we'll end with that one? Lie. Okay. I'm not going to lie. When we get to that one, I'm going to lose my shit. Okay. So next week, do you guys... <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure we talked about what we want to do next week. Um... The last I heard it was Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, which I heard That's is heard. an awful film. Yeah. Honestly, it's not that bad. All it right, wasn't well, great. One of my friends begged me to not watch it. <laughs> so. Begged you to not watch it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you gotta give Emma Stone Emma Stone's character is quite interesting. Actually, yeah, that's true. Emma Stone's character. I mean, I said I'll watch it, so I'll I haven't it. watched it since it like first came out on video. So it's and also Michael Douglas, great job. Okay. Great job. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that one. Uh, the other one would have been like the animated Grinch movie that just went on Netflix. Muppets. Give me those fucking Muppets. We're going we're gonna to get some Muppets. I'm pretty sure that's on Disney Plus too. I think every... Well, I'm not sure if Douglas' girlfriend's passed. If I need to, I can send that over to you, Simon. Hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let's find this out right now. All right. Well, Gabe che checks on that. I will do our ending stuff. So if you didn't know, we are the Cooperators Reviewers Couch. We are doing a special series of Christmas movies, starting with this one, going on to Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. And then lastly, we will be doing Muppets Christmas Carol. What a great series. Okay. Oh, oh. Gabe? It's on Prime. Okay, that's fine. I'm pretty sure everyone has Prime, right? Yeah. 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 Well, if you guys have Prime, why aren't you subscribed to the cooperators? Hmm. I gotta resubscribe. I thought it was like yeah. December tenth that I had to re re up. Oh really? Okay. Well. Oh. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> I, I just got owned. But somebody who's to my right has not. I mean, this way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. But we will yeah, get. Yeah, we will catch you all next week for Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. If you want to keep up with us, make sure to watch that for next week. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts in any form. If you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Those links will be in the description of the podcast. As well, uh, we go live next Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST if you would like to watch live. We do keep subscriber chat on, so if you want to be heard during the episode, make sure to click that subscribe button on Twitch. Um, if you want to contact us, you can get to us on email at thecooperatorsentertainment at gmail.com and I think that's everything from our end. If I'm not mistaken, guys, am I missing anything? Oh, what is, what is happening over there, Gabe? Gabe's phone just fell over. Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, like, please give us a review, uh, mm -hmm. sponsor us, yep. send Ben comments about his wonderful Christmas sweater. And send Ben some eggnog as well. Yes, because, oh, I don't know if I said this on stream, I went to a grocery store, they had zero eggnog anywhere, I was mad because I couldn't get to another grocery store in time to get to the podcast on time, so I didn't have eggnog for this Christmas episode, so I had to drink a White Claw instead, and it was not as good. No hen milk for you. No hen milk for me next time. Next time I will yeah. be having my rum and eggnog ready to go. And I expect you guys to do the same. Oh, yeah. Let me all try. Um, oh, <laughs> um, Did you just press play? Hello. Hello. What are you saying? I got 
ghost coming. <laughs> all right, and before we get hit with some kind of ban, I am going to end the recording. Thank you all for watching, and thank you all for oh, listening no later. Question? What? Oh yeah. No oh yeah. Question two, Oh, I have my question. Yeah, it's right here. All right. So if no values match, the condition returns you. Oh no! Wait, shit! I'm reading something. Else. <laughs> I'll ask you that in private later. Yeah. My, my, my bad. My, my bad. Um, my question is, y'all, can I get some of what Michael Shannon is selling? <laughs> this is the weeded Christmas past. <laughs> the weeded Christmas present. Right here. That's where you are. The present. Wait, doesn't but doesn't he like go backwards? Doesn't he start with like the ghost Christmas future, then go to present, then go to past? Wait, look at my finger. You need to give me a hundred dollars right now and get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> but for real though, he goes like backwards, right? Like it goes or does it go present yeah. then past then or future then past? I think it was present, future, past, right? What the heck? Why didn't they just go in order? Yeah. Oh, I know past, present, future, past, like. And yeah, next week, we will be going through yeah. Ghost of Girlfriend Path. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. And film. <laughs>